How do you react to times of suffering? Do you fall into self-pity and blame? Or do you cling to Him and linger in His presence? Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Today the Bible bus starts out in Psalm 79, where we're going to hear about Israel's suffering and the chorus of their prayers to God. So while you grab your copy of God's Word and find your seat, let's listen to a few thoughts Dr. McGee shared many years ago. We are back in this wonderful song book of the Old Testament. And it's a hymn book. It's all about Him. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's praises unto Him. And that's one of the reasons that we find the book of Psalms so intensely interesting and important for the believer today, because we're singing constantly praises to Him, even those of us that can't sing. In our hearts, these psalms produce a song. Do you have a song that you like to sing about God's goodness? We love receiving your letters telling us about all the great things that you're learning as we study His Word together. Letters of praise like this one from Lynette mean so much to us. I praise God for the opportunity to study His Word and pray with other believers on the World Prayer Team, Lynette writes. It's a pleasure to connect with other believers, to pray, knowing that Jesus is our example who is still making intercession for us. God is teaching me so many things, including that I cannot be selfish in prayer. So I will continue to pray as long as God gives me breath and strength, and I will continue to proclaim that He is risen indeed. Well, thanks, Lynette. I agree that being part of the World Prayer Team really can change your heart and how you think about what God's doing in people's lives around the world. You know, if you'd like to join Lynette and myself as we travel around the world, figuratively speaking, on our knees, praying that God uses His whole Word to reach His whole world, why don't you sign up today for those daily emails? Go to ttb.org forward slash pray to do that. Here's another really encouraging letter. This one is from Rosie in Los Angeles. To God be the glory. Listening to you is like an oasis of peace in this controversial world. As I study the Word, it becomes a roadmap for my life. I'm grateful to God for providing me with such specific instructions and for you in helping me understand them. Well, we're glad to have you aboard the Bible bus, Rosie. Thanks for sharing your story. And here's a really touching letter. This is from a listener in India. I am a 41-year-old father raising a son by myself. My wife passed away in 2011, and I became very depressed. An aunt told me about your program and suggested I listen with her. I was amazed at what I heard and began listening every day. I had never heard about Jesus, and as I learned, peace and joy came to my heart. I began corresponding with your Listener Relations Center, and at their invitation, I accepted Christ as my Savior. There are no other Christians in my village, so I have not been able to be baptized, but I have placed my faith in Jesus. What a joy it is to know that the God of the universe considers me his child. His presence has made all the difference in our lives. Our last letter comes to us from Renee in Wisconsin. I was going through a dark time in my life. Even though I was a Christian, I was letting life get in my way of connecting with God through His Word and praying to Him. That's when my husband told me about your programs. I admit I was reluctant. I had read the Bible cover to cover, but didn't find it helpful. However, I was so desperate for something to lift the darkness, I started listening in Isaiah. I've been on the Bible bus ever since. I praise God that through His Word and becoming a member of the World Prayer Team, my dark cloud has lifted. Well, Renee, we're so glad that you're able to join us on the Bible bus every day. God's Word really is the best prescription for our souls, isn't it? 
And praying for others helps to get our minds off our own struggles, too. How's God been using His Word in your life? Well, you know, we'd love to hear your story. Send us an email, won't you? It's BibleBus at ttb.org. Or mail your letter to Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109. Or in Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. You can also call and leave a message at 1-800-65-BIBLE. Let's come before Him now. Heavenly Father, like the Israelites in the Psalms, we ask that you hear the pleas of your children who are suffering. Would you fill us with your grace and mercy and then use these moments of hardship to transform us into the image of your Son, Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Let's begin now in Psalm 79 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now we have here in Psalm 79 a prayer and This is not a prayer for you and me to make, I grant you that, but it is a particular prayer for God's people, the nation Israel, and in the day of trouble that is coming to them. Now, we've had several prayers like this. It's a psalm of Asaph. We've been seeing his psalms now at great length. He was a great musician. Probably the writer of these, or the arranger of them, was to all intents and purposes an assistant to David. And how much David contributed to these psalms, I don't know, but I'm of the feeling that he did. He was contemporary with David. Now, will you notice this? It says, O God, the nations are come into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. They've laid Jerusalem on heap. The city that the false prophets had said could never be taken, the temple they said that could never be destroyed, was destroyed, and the city was taken, and the people were carried into captivity. And not only did that happen once, and not only did it happen twice, it happened many times. And this is something that caused these people to cry out to God. And again, You see, the temple, the sanctuary, is the very center of this. For this corresponds, this section, to the book of Leviticus, and that's the book of worship around the tabernacle and later in the temple. And it's a cry to God, of course, for judgment to come. It says, "...the dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be food unto the fowls of the heavens, the flesh of thy saints." under the beasts of the earth. And this was a problem that confronted these people. Why has God permitted it? The false prophets had told them it wouldn't happen. Now, Jeremiah had told them later on. He told them it would happen, and it was going to happen. And they are crying out here. Of course, this is before Jeremiah's day, but it's still a question. I understand that a great many Jews have become atheists because of what happened to their people in the nation of Germany during Hitler's dictatorship. Well, it's difficult, of course, for them to understand it. They'd have the same question the psalmist has here. But had they been faithful to God? Were they back in a proper relationship to Him? Had they accepted their Messiah? Were they turning to Him? And the answer, of course, is no. 
And God has judged his people and is judging them today. I think great judgment has come upon the church in his coming. I think great judgment has come upon the nations. That is, nations like our own. Already there is a judgment. And so there is this cry, verse 5, How long, Lord, wilt thou be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? Aren't you going to let up on us? May I say to you, that was a cry that went out. And then there is this cry for a forgiveness. Listen to this, verse 8. Oh, remember, not against us, former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God, we're in grave danger. Now, don't remember our former iniquities. Now, you remember God answered them on that. He said, your iniquities, I'll remember no more. But how will he be able to rub them out and forget them? Only through the death of Christ. Now, when that is rejected, whether it be Jew or Gentile, whether it be rich or poor, bond or free, male or female, black or white, or red or yellow, doesn't make any difference who you are. When you reject Jesus Christ, then there's judgment. You have to meet him in judgment or redemption. There are no other ways of meeting him except there. And that is the cry of these people. And listen to it. There's a plaintiff note here. Verse 9, Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us, and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? They'd been making that boast God was among them and would deliver them. False prophets had said that. Now God has not delivered them. And they're subject of ridicule. Now, I come to the 80th Psalm that follows this. And it's another prophetic Psalm. And you have here a continuation of thought in all of these Psalms through this section here. A prophetic development, by the way. And the Septuagint has in it the inscription, the Assyrian. And because of that, why, there have been those that have attempted to place this psalm at another time. But we're told very definite here, it's a psalm of Asaph. And it's a chief musician upon Shoshanim Eduth. And we've had that before us before. And that means lilies. And I think that is very important for us to see. It's a lily psalm. So it's going to mention the Messiah. It's going to mention the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, chapter 80, verse 1 begins like this. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. Now, this is a beautiful thing here. And the shepherd of Israel... He is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have that mention of the sheep and the shepherd before. Remember, in connection with Joseph, when old Jacob was giving his dying blessing to his 12 sons, he gave the most important blessing, I guess, at that time to Joseph. And it says he led Joseph like a flock. And that refers to the Wilderness, when the tribes advanced toward the land, they promised to take possession. And it was under the leadership of Jehovah 
the shepherd of Israel. But who was the leader? Well, it was Joshua at that time, and he was an Ephraimite, you see. And he was the one chosen to lead them into the land. He acted under the captain of the hosts of the Lord. Now, this is a very wonderful psalm. Let me read. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou who leadest Joseph like a flock, thou who dwellest between the cherubim, shine forth. And this is an appeal to God who had met with these people in the Holy of Holies. Now he says, Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Now, why would Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh be mentioned? Well, I think that the reason for it You'd have to go back to Numbers, the second chapter, verses 17 through 24. And I'll not go back there, but if you go back and read it, you'll find out that in placing the tribes around the tabernacle, that these tribes here, Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, they were put immediately behind the ark in the march, in the order of the march. These three tribes were together on one side, and then they immediately followed behind the ark. The ark led them through the wilderness. Now, just as God had led these three tribes who led out, now the call again comes, stir up your strength, lead us again, O God, lead us again. And notice what he says here, restore us, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Now, that is quoted here three times in this psalm. It's a sort of a chorus. Restore us, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Now, will you notice here, there is this little bit of an elegy that's put in here. It's the sad part of the psalm. Just three verses, but listen to it. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? And he's angry against it because of the fact he's not answering them. And verse 5, Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in good measure. Now, that is one of the most remarkable verses that you have in the Word of God. He says that he gave to these people tears to drink, tears for their bread. That's all they had to eat were tears. And these are tears of suffering. No nation has suffered as these people have and survived. Most other nations that have been treated as they've been treated on several occasions would have been exterminated, disappeared from the face of the earth. Now, this nation here has been drinking tears down through the centuries. Why? Well, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, because the shepherd of Israel has heard them. Not only has he heard them, he has been rejected. And we read in Luke 19, And when he was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it. The Lord Jesus, you will recall, came to Jerusalem the last time. Now, he didn't weep for himself at that time. Remember when the daughters of Jerusalem were weeping, he said, Weep not 
for me. You weep for yourself. You're the one that you should weep for because he said, don't weep for me. Now, will you notice, I'll read now Luke 19, beginning with verse 42, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they're hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee around, keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, thy children with thee. They shall not leave thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. That is a tremendous passage of Scripture, and that's the reason they've had that to drink. Now again, here is this cry, verse 7 of Psalm 80, Restore us, O God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Now again, what is the face to shine? Well, that face to shine is none other than the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says here, and this is another remarkable verse, verse 8, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the nations and planted it. God brought them and put them in the land. Now their temple is to be destroyed. They're going out of the land. Why? For the same reason these nations were put out. Why? Because they turned their back upon God, and the responsibility of Israel was greater because they had privileges that no other nation had had. They had the visible presence of God. Now he says here, Thou preparest room before it. Thou didst cause it to take deep root and fill the land. That's the vine. God says, I'm putting it out of the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it. The boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. And now the question arises, Why hast thou then broken down the hedges? so that all they who pass by the way do pluck her. God, for years, put a hedge around that land. And it's quite interesting. Those people were in that land for, I suppose, a good 500 years. And they were never touched. God never permitted any of the great nations of that day to destroy them. Egypt came against them, got victories, but never destroyed them. The same was true of Assyria, the Hittite nations. But there came a day when God put down the hedge and let them come in. Why? They'd rejected the shepherd of Israel. What a beautiful picture this is of him. Now he says here in verse 17, Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand. And that's the place of power. And who's at God's right hand? It is their Messiah. Sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. That's a remarkable picture that we have here. You remember that when Rachel was dying along the roadside that leads into Bethlehem, she wasn't even able to make it to a stable back of an inn. And you remember Benjamin was born, but she didn't call him that. When she looked upon that little fella, that she just given birth to, and she's dying. She says, call him Benoni. He's the son of my suffering. And old Jacob looked at him, and I think he had the eyes of his lovely Rachel, and he said, we're going to call him Benjamin. He's the what? The son of my right hand. That's the Lord Jesus. 
He's the son of suffering. He came the first time. But he's today on God's right hand. Sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. And he's coming someday from there to this earth. Now will you notice verse 18, So will not we go back from thee, revive us. We'll call upon thy name. And then here's the chorus for the third time. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine upon us. This is a wonderful, wonderful song. Now, we come here to Psalm 81, and like so many of these other psalms, it's linked to the one that precedes it. In other words, we have a continuous story that's going on here. And we saw the prayer in the last one. And it's a prayer that we've indicated through here that it's not a prayer for Christians to pray, not necessary for Christians to pray. It'll be for the time of Jacob's trouble in the end of the age. And the prayer today is even so come, Lord Jesus. That's the great prayer. And in the meantime, help us get out your word, Lord. Now, this one is a song of deliverance, by the way, that we have here in this 81st Psalm. And it begins on a high note. It's a soprano solo. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take up a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the lute. Blow the trumpet in the new moon at the set time on our feast day. For this is Israel's stature and ordinance of the God of Jacob. Now, you see, I think the key here is the blowing of the trumpet at the new moon. And this is all very proper because the new moon appears here before the Son of Righteousness arises with healing in his wings. And he's coming to deliver them. I think this looks really to the Feast of Tabernacles that we have here. And it's a beautiful thing. Actually, there were really four feasts that came at the beginning of the year. There was the Passover, and there was the Feast of Pentecost, and then there was the Feast of First Fruits, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. All of these took place. And I think here you have that Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Trumpets. It was a great day. And it still looks to the future, you see. So that's what you have here in Psalm 81 when it begins like that. Now, verse 4, "...for this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob." Now, you see, this refers specifically to these people. So let's leave it that way. Verse 8, "...hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto thee." And then, verse 10, "...I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I'll fill it." Now, that's a promise to them. And let's leave it that way. Now, there's a great spiritual lesson, I think, for us today. He never led me out of Egypt, but he saved me out of sin. And that was the Egypt of this world. Now, he says, open wide your mouth, McGee, and I'll fill it with spiritual blessings. And he's done that. God's been good, friends, and quite wonderful. Now he says, though, in verse 11, "...but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have none of me." Have none of God today, by the way. That nation over there hasn't turned to God. 
They're as far from God as we are. And there's actually not much difference from the Arab side and the Israel side. And there's not much difference between that land and the United States. Today only I think we're in worse spiritual condition than any of them are. And yet we're trying to tell the world how they ought to do things. I think that we need to be in sackcloth and ashes today as a nation because of our own failure. We need as a people, by the way, individuals to turn to God. Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Not much has changed regarding the spiritual condition of this nation since Dr. McGee recorded this message. What was true then is still true now. We desperately need the Spirit of God to infiltrate our communities. For that to happen, according to Dr. McGee, revival must begin with you and me first. Learn more about how you can turn to God at ttb.org by clicking on How Can I Know God? There you'll find several free resources to listen to and read, or call 1-800-65-BIBLE and we'll send you a couple by mail. Our journey through the Psalms continues. I'm Steve Sweats, and I'll see you next time. Join us each weekday for our five-year daily study through the whole Word of God. Check for times on this station or look for Through the Bible in your favorite podcast store and always at ttb.org.